Welcome to the teaching ministry of Steve Franklin. Steve's calling is to coach champions in the kingdom of God. Our prayer for you as you listen to this word of encouragement and instruction is that you'll be built up in your faith and encouraged to take the next step in your development as one of God's true champions. Here's Steve. Luke chapter 2, beginning there with verse 8, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were greatly afraid. And then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Now go to school on that. There was a manifestation of an angelic being. The first thing he said was, Do not be afraid. How many of you know fear will stop you from hearing the voice of God? Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Now last week we talked about joy. What is it? What it's not? Where is it? And have I lost it? We talked about joy is not a giddy feeling. It's not an emotion. It can stir emotion, but it is heaven's fuel. It is greater than an emotion. It's greater than a feeling. It is not just simply enjoyment. It is an investment of God's energy that flows out of His love. We found out that Jesus himself is so vital to God that we have joy, that Jesus himself is right now praying, recorded for us in John 17, we saw it last week, that Jesus is praying, Father, reveal to them the joy. I pray that my joy would be fulfilled in them. The joy of Jesus, what does that look like? Well, it's the joy of unbroken fellowship with the Father. May I ask you a question? As you go about this walk, this journey, isn't it easy? It is for me. But isn't it easy for you to lose connection with your joy because of all the circumstances around you? Jesus said, I'm praying, Father, that your, their, my joy might be fulfilled. The same kind of joy that I have. Can I remind you that we closed last week with Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, where the Word says that we are encompassed about with a great cloud of witnesses. And let us fix our eyes on Jesus. How do we stay connected to joy? To fix our eyes on Jesus, not on the stuff going around us, not even on our own internal struggles, but to fix our eyes on Jesus, who for the joy that was set before him endured even the cross. So if you're going through an incredibly painful time, learn to fix your eyes on Jesus because he is the one who's going to sustain you during this season, and he's the one who has got a joy. There is something set before you. You're not going to be stuck in this forever, even though it feels like it right now. 
the joy that is set before you. Fix your eyes on Jesus. We found out that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Nehemiah 8.10 said when the people of God were in a mighty, a mighty time of pressure and opposition from without and from within, the Word of God came to them and said this, the joy of the Lord is your strength. That says to me, if I lose connection with my joy, I lose my strength. It is our sustaining force. We talked about last time how our part was to believe the truth, to reconnect by worship the Word of God. See, when I worship and when I get into the Word, when I begin to pray, I, change, I shift my focus off of what's going on in my little external world. And when I shift my focus, my internal world, world reconnects with the joy of the Lord. I mentioned to this, this to you last week. And that is one of the biggest mistakes we can make is we can allow our brain to hijack our spirit. Our spirit, man, where we're reborn, where Christ lives, Christ in us, the hope of God's glory. We can allow our brain, which is a massive computer that's always telling us lies about what's really true. It's always saying that that which is temporal, that which is going on today, is going to be that which is going to go on tomorrow. Always forgetting that if we can see it, it's temporary. If we can hear it and feel it, it's subject to change. It is those eternal things that do not change the love and the presence of God. God, give us revelation, ongoing revelation of the presence of the Lord. So how do I lose connection with the joy that's already been placed in me as a believer? The Bible says that joy is one of the fruits of the Spirit. I notice the order in which Galatians 5.22 puts joy. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. See, if I walked in the revelation of the love of God, that is going to stimulate some joy. The joy, God's energy, not a giddy feeling, God's energy, fuel. You say, what do you mean by that, Pastor? Notice what happened in the passage we read. When the angel of the Lord said to them, unto you is born this day a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. I bring you good tidings of great joy. So what did they do with that when they believed it? It energized them. They got moving. They didn't stay there afraid to take a step. They started moving. The joy of the Lord energizes you. When you hear that word, when you believe it and receive it, it is the source of energy. So when I lose connection with the joy that is in me, by the deposit of the very life of Jesus through the Holy Spirit, how, how does that happen? I talked to you earlier during our prayer time about the thief of your joy is the devil. 
Jesus said, John 10, 10, Satan comes to steal, kill, and destroy. His agenda is to steal everything that pertains to life. Everything that pertains to life. It is his agenda to steal that from you. But I want to tell you, it is very, very, very crucial that you understand this. One of the main agendas of Satan himself against you is to steal your joy. The joy of the Lord. Because it's your strength. It's God's energy. Sometimes I lose connection with the joy that is in me because of me. Everybody say, I'm my own enemy sometimes. That's pretty weak. I think we need to say that again. I am my own enemy sometimes. Sometimes that, uh, rec- that, that is recognized through our fear. If you say, I don't have fear of anything, you, you, you just uh, don't know the truth real well. You had not had the opportunities, maybe. We saw where the angel initially addressed the fear of the shepherds who heard the word. 2 Timothy 1.7 says, there is no fear in love. Perfect love does what? I'm sorry, that's the 1 John 4.18 passage. I'm so excited about that. I got ahead of myself. 2 Timothy 1.7, God has not given us a spirit of, but of power, love, and a sound mind. Are you noticing the connection between fear and love? They can't coexist. 1 John 4, 18 says, there is no fear in love, perfect love, God's kind of love, casts out fear. I can't walk in the love of God and walk in fear at the same time. I didn't make that up. That's what Scripture said. The Holy Spirit has used that to correct me many, many times. You can't walk in my love if you're walking in fear. You know what fear is, don't you? It is a forecast of a result you don't want. Why don't you stop believing the forecast of the result you don't want and, and continue to believe the forecast of the result God says is going to take place? Sometimes I lose connection with my fear because of my own self-absorption. When I focus on me, my circumstances, where I feel like I'm limited, physically, mentally, financially, socially, when I start focusing on me, I lose connection to my joy pretty quickly. Sometimes self-absorption can be a, a, a bad enemy when we fall, when we, when we walk out of fellowship with the Lord, when we sin. Do you know that the Lord doesn't want you to focus on your sin? He wants you to focus on His righteousness that's been placed in you by the Lord. He wants us to confess our sin, but He doesn't want us to stay under the condemnation of that sin. But when I get self-absorbed in all that I'm thinking about is my own comfort, my own circumstances, how my limitations, 
I lose my joy. I lose connection to it very quickly. The joy's still in there. It's my connection that I lose. Sometimes I lose connection to my joy by out of fatigue. Do you know that sometimes when you've been weary for an extended period, a deep, dark atmosphere can develop in your soul. What's going on with your body can contribute. And then when you mix in there relational issues, disappointments, financial pressures, physical strife for against sickness or disease, when you start mixing all that together, you can get deeply fatigued. When you believe that it's your responsibility to fix everybody, you will develop fatigue in your inner man that will compromise your ability to really connect with the joy of the Lord. And a lot of that really happens during the holiday season because you feel like so many of uh, us feel like it's our responsibility to make everybody happy and to fix everybody's issues that kind of fatigue will disconnect us from the joy of the Lord that's in us. One of the most familiar passages of Scripture is Psalm 23. I bet every one of you could quote that. Let's start. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Do you ever think about the next part? He makes me, say it with me, he makes me lie down. Now, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know enough about the English language, don't you, to know that if somebody makes you do something, it is against your own volition. Is that right? He makes me what? That is one of the, everybody quotes that all the time, and none of us really think about that. He makes me lie down. Wait a minute now. Pastor, you mean God would himself allow me to get to a point to where I am made against my will <sighs> to lie down, to get off this wheel, to get out of the ordinary, to stop trying to fix everything and everybody. Will God make me lie down? Yes, He will. Now, it's better if I do what you... You know what the Scripture says? God never wearies. He never grows tired. Isn't that what the Scripture says? But do you know the Scripture also says that God, for whatever reason, after He created the earth and even mankind in six days, the Bible says, and on the seventh day, God what? God, who never gets weary or tired, on the seventh day did what? Jesus would be ministering to people. He would be preaching and teaching and healing, and encouraging, and all of a sudden, he's up on the mountaintop by himself, 
engaging in prayer with his father. Now, y'all stay back down here now. Are you secure enough in God that you will draw some lines and set some boundaries and allow not everybody to take over your space between you and your father? When you don't do that over time, fatigue in your inner man begins to compromise your ability to connect with the joy of the Lord that is in you by divine right. Well, I can't do that, Pastor. Everybody's depending on me. Can I tell you something? You will do it when he makes you lie down. So it's better to go ahead and build some boundaries into your life. Get some snatches of minutes or hours or whatever it takes so you can refresh yourself before your father and recognize that he wants you to lie down in green pastures. Why? He restoreth my soul. Have you ever thought about the correlation there? He makes me lie down. He restoreth my soul. And my soul is where I'm broken. It's where I'm so fatigued. It's, so, it's where my mind and my emotions and my will have lost the, 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 the connection with my joy. This is where you might need to be saying to the Holy Spirit, show me, Lord, where I have not spent time with you and I have given everything I have to serve everybody else. Because, you see, others can really be a, a compromise to our connection with joy because when we, without even knowing it, when we start acting and thinking like we are <laughs> responsible for everybody else, and when we start acting and thinking like others' opinions of us is the most important thing in the world, do you know that comes out of a deep fear? I hate to admit this, but the Holy Spirit had to tell me one time that one reason why at a particular time in my life, and some of you would say, well, you got over that. <laughs> well, at a particular time, an extended time in my life, where I was so conscious of what others thought about me, the Lord showed me that, I, that the, re, the basis of all that was a fear that if I didn't, that if I disappointed somebody, if I didn't get somebody's approval, then I would have failed. How many of you can identify with where your pastor used to walk? And can still do it if I'm not careful. Deep down, if we were really honest, sometimes we want the approval of others so much that it becomes what, without knowing it, we're really seeking more than we're seeking intimacy with our Father. We're afraid we're going to disappoint somebody. I want everybody to say this with me. It is okay with God for me to resign 
right now from being God in anybody else's life. He's good at it. I'm not. See, don't you feel better already? Connection with joy can sometimes be compromised. And the Lord showed me this. You can't give somebody else the right to steal your joy. And here's what he said. Because if they didn't give it to you, they can't take it from you. It's your fault for letting it go. Wow. You're right, Jesus. It's not on them, it's on me. Now, in closing, I want you to turn with me to Philippians chapter 4, and I want to show you something here that I believe will help you. It has certainly been a blessing to me for years. How do I reconnect with joy? Remember, the joy of the Lord is already on the inside of you. It's been deposited there by the Holy Spirit. When you trusted Christ, and trusted and believed and received His grace, Christ in you, the hope of glory. How do I reconnect? Do you know that the word rejoice means reconnect with joy? You ever thought about that? To rejoice is something you do as an act of your own will, your own volition. To rejoice. It means to reconnect. Reconnect with joy is what rejoice means. Verse 4, rejoice, reconnect with the joy in the Lord. Not in your circumstances, in the Lord. How many of you know I can volitionally choose to rejoice in the Lord even if my circumstances are awful? Rejoice in the Lord how often? Always. And as if we didn't believe that, the Scriptures say, again, I will say it, rejoice, reconnect with the joy of the Lord. It's an act of my will by faith. I, don't, I can't wait on a feeling to happen. I can't wait on circumstances to change. I have got to reconnect with the joy that is in me in the Lord. God, I'm not enjoying this very much, but the joy of the Lord is in me. Notice what he says next, verse 5. Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. You know what that means? Let your under controlled spirit be known to all men. Now, this was written in times of dark circumstances to these believers. Buddy, it was rough. Do you understand that the human author of this, the Apostle Paul, was in Roman jail when he wrote this? He was in a dungeon. And he said, rejoice, reconnect with your joy in the Lord. I tell you one thing, I'd rather be here today than in the best jail in town, wouldn't you, Stephen? <laughs> rejoice in the Lord. Let your under control spirit be made known to all men. I don't know about you, but when I get my focus off the Lord and my joy, 
I'm not under the control of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I'm um, aggravated, anxious, fearful. You name it. It's not good. Can anybody identify with my struggles? Rejoice in the Lord. Always let your under control spirit be made known to all men. And notice what he says next. Notice what he says next. The Lord is at hand. You know what that means, Joe? Listen to this, Scott. The Lord is right here, right now. I lose connection with my joy when I forget that the Lord is right here, right now. So when you get out there in that traffic, I'm preaching to myself now. Jesus, help me. There is a witness sitting right over there that knows I need this prayer. Help me to remember, the, I am right here, right now. When you get that bell that you weren't expecting, everybody say it with me. He is. When I get that message that I don't want to get from a loved one, everybody remember, what are we going to do? He is. Is there anything more difficult, too difficult for the Lord? When somebody rejects you or hurts you, the Lord is at hand means he is. You know what the apostle who was in a dungeon was saying? Rejoice in the Lord always because he is. Do you know that Nero was about to cut his head off, to decapitate him for his faith in Jesus, for writing all these scriptures, Brother Otis? And he says, rejoice in the Lord. He is right here, right now. Notice what he says next. Here's what you do. Here's the action step that you do. You, rejoice, you reconnect with your joy. You reconnect with the presence of the Lord. And notice what he says, verse 6, be anxious for nothing, but in how much? Everything by prayer. So when, all, when I start feeling a disconnect from my joy, I have got to get into prayer in everything by prayer and supplication. You know what supplication is? It is a passionate prayer based on something that there is evidence is there. If you've got money in the bank and you go to the teller and you put a withdrawal slip to the teller when you've got money in the bank, you know what that's saying? You don't beg and plead. And say, please, 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 would you just show me some favor and give me this withdrawal? No, you put that because why? You've got an account that has evidence that there's something there. That is a supplication, Bill. So in prayer, you express 
what it is that you need and want. And with a supplication, you say, God, I see here in your word that this belongs to me. So I'm making a withdrawal by faith in the name of Jesus based on the word of God. That's a supplication. Well, Brother Tommy, I almost got a little excited there. By prayer, everything. How do you attack the losing of your joy? By prayer and supplication with what? Giving thanks. Thank you, oh God, you're in control. Thank you, Father. Nothing is over your head. All things are under your feet. Thank you that I am in Christ Jesus. And every resource of heaven is mine. And then notice this. So many believers don't read the last part of this powerful passage. With thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. I hear people say, well, I'm not going to do that. He knows what I want. (laughs) Of course he does. This is an act of obedience. Do you realize that one of our problems is we don't tell our Father what we want? And you know what? Part of our problem is we don't really know what it is. You say, well, Pastor, if I pray that, what if I'm off base in asking God? Look, you pray what it is in line with what you know to be the Word and the will of God. And if you don't know what the word and the will of God is, you just say, God, I am offering my petition to you. This is what I want to happen. If this is inferior to your highest and best for me, then overrule me. But I am telling you in obedience to the word, I ask you to grant me this. I have had well-meaning wonderful, sincere believers who've walked with the Lord for years who believe that it's almost blasphemous to ask the Lord for anything. Let your request be made known to God. It is not only the right thing to do, it is obedience. It helps us I told a man one time who was just all steeped in religion, I said, well, let me tell you something, brother. You've got a big problem in your prayer. He said, what's that, Pastor? Basically, I said, your asker is broken. (laughs) Now, you got to be careful how you tell somebody that, but your asker is broken. If you're not letting your request be made known unto God, Something's broken. <laughs> Two or three of you got that one. I'm going to move on here. And what will happen? I rejoice in the Lord. I remember he's right here right now. I refuse to be anxious about anything, but by prayer and supplication, I, re- I attack it with prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. I let my request be made known to God, and what happens? Verse 7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will do what? 
Guard my heart and my mind through Christ Jesus. Historians have told us that the apostle was chained to a Roman, a Roman soldier 24-7. And out of this language and out of what he was going through, he said, if you will do this, the peace of God will guard your heart and your mind like a soldier. He was under guard 24-7. I don't know about you, but I could handle a little bit of the peace of God guarding my heart and mind. Right, Jeff? Couldn't you? Reconnect. Reconnect with our joy. It is an ongoing process. You won't get this immediately. You've got to work on this. This is a discipline. It's not getting zapped. It's something you've got to choose to do. But it's God's desire for all of us. I want us all to bow our heads now. I'd like for us all to ask a question, and I'd like for us to ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, where have I lost connection with the joy that you've placed in me? A beautiful thing to realize is in praying, Lord, would you show me where it is that I've lost connection with my joy. Once he does that, the beautiful truth is you hadn't lost something you know where to find. I hope today by the Word of God, the Spirit of God has shown you how to reconnect with the joy of the Lord. Might have been disconnected through fatigue, through giving others a place that only God has a right to have, through my own carelessness, being self-absorbed, Maybe in some way I've cooperated with the enemy who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And I've allowed the enemy to keep me from connecting with the joy of the Lord, which is my birthright in Jesus. Would you just ask the Holy Spirit to give you that special love and grace to reconnect? And you're going to have to Exercise that joy as an act of your will through praise, through worship, through prayer, through the Word of God. Well, I'm really looking forward to seeing you next Sunday for an abbreviated but very precious service. Go with God. He's going with you. We'll see you next week. You can access more of Steve Franklin's teachings online at www.sfmin.com.